Today is the last day in the church year before we begin a new church year next Sunday at the beginning of Advent. But this Sunday is special as well and is known as the Reign of Christ or Christ the King Sunday. As prepared for this moment together, I began to wonder, what does Christ the King Sunday mean to us? What does it mean to us as we consider this moment in our history? Christ is King, yes, we know that, and we say it easily, and perhaps too easily, too casually. And so today, as we read from the book of Daniel, will you consider what the reign of Christ means to the world, to our community, and to you personally? We read today from the book of Daniel, the seventh chapter, beginning in the ninth verse. I kept looking until thrones were set up. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat and the books were opened. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious Father, we come humbly before your holy word. We believe that it is God-breathed. May it breathe through us today. Lord, we desperately need you. We need a fresh breath and a fresh fire. And today, on this day, where we celebrate the reign of Christ, may these words breathe into us today. May we see you a little more clearly for who you truly are. And as we see you, may we love you more fully, humble ourselves in obedience to the one that is worthy. Breathe through us. There is nothing we can do here today without your spirit. So as Sarah has sung so beautifully, we ask you, spirit, come. Come, so that we might feel your presence and know your will. We pray these in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Last week, Islamic fundamentalist madmen opened fire with high-powered rifles at 
men and women who were not their enemies, who were not soldiers or politicians, but simply sitting and enjoying a cup of coffee at a cafe. They were brutally murdered, not because of their opposition to Islam or ISIS or even their belief in Jesus. They were selected randomly, murdered with no emotion in order to cause fear and terror. We are thankful that the propane bomb surrounded by nails detonated early and not in the stadium where it was intended. Still, the hate-filled attacks were terrible enough 129 dead and 352 wounded. As we watched the videos and the news reports, perhaps most of us thought back to 9-11 when the attacks were far more personal and the losses far greater. And so today we gather in the house of the Lord on Christ the King Sunday and ask ourselves, what difference? We sing great anthems and we bow our heads to pray. But as we remember, we are also angry and afraid and uncertain. Does Christ the King Sunday have any significance to where we live today? The book of Daniel for me is one of the two most difficult books of the Bible. In part because it is known as apocalyptic, meaning an unveiling of future or of heavenly events. It is also known as eschatological, meaning dealing with the end of time as we know it. The great challenge of the book of Daniel is, is finding a, an anchor, a, a, a place in time where we can begin to understand when these events will happen. Sometimes the events are chronological. And sometimes they seem to circle back and forth, and, and sometimes they seem to be both at the same time. God is not hindered by sequential time. What isn't difficult to understand is these images or those moments when the veil is pulled back and we are gifted with a view of the greatness of God and what will ultimately happen. For me today, it is less concerning about the days or the months or the years until they will be fulfilled. I am much more interested and thankful to know that these things will ultimately come to pass. So what do we see in Daniel 7 that makes a difference to where we live today? You could say it is broken down into three scenes. The first scene is the throne room, the throne room of God or the Ancient of Days. Daniel 7 is the only place in the scriptures where this title is given to him, the Ancient of Days. It speaks to us of Father God who was before there was anything. When we look into Daniel, we see the great I am, period, end of story, the one who was and is and who will be. And Daniel describes his clothing as, as pure white and his hair in the same way. It alludes to the purity of the Father. And around the Ancient of Days, there is so much fire. His throne is ablaze with fire. Fire, a sign of purity as well as splendor and a fierce heat of judgment. And a river of fire is coming out before him. And to me, it's the image of a river of burning, flowing lava. Have you ever seen a video of lava, a river of lava flowing? It is one of the most impressive things 
on the planet. It pushes and moves and destroys anything in its path. No one tries to stop it. It's not like in the movies. They may come to watch, but the path of the flowing lava is inevitable. It will move forward toward its goal just as the intentions of God will be fulfilled. Even the wheels of the throne are made of fire, indicating that God can move in any direction and nothing can stop him. And around the throne there are thousands and thousands who minister to the Ancient of Days. And beyond those thousands there are myriads and myriads, it says. The scripture in in Hebrew says that there are 10,000 times 10,000, a number too great to be able to count. Can you see yourself within that myriad of followers? How wide our eyes might be as the book of judgment is brought into the throne room. How wide our eyes as the book is open for all to see. The apostle Paul describes it this way. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Scene two, the boasting beast. Our enemy, the accuser, is bought before the Ancient of Days and is silenced. His body is cast into the burning fire, and likewise all that followed the beast and were beasts themselves. Those that love violence. Those that kill the innocent. Those that take advantage of the weak. Those that twist the word of God and mock the name of Jesus. Their their internal destination is inevitable as the flowing river of lava. But, says the scriptures, they are given an extension for a time, a very limited period with a definite end which only the Ancient of Days knows. Scene three, the coronation of Jesus Christ. The scriptures say he comes in the clouds. Some of my very favorite words, so simple and profound. He comes in the clouds. In other words, he is of heavenly origin. Brothers and sisters, the next time we see Jesus, it will be him coming in the clouds. He is of heavenly origin, but he is called the Son of Man. It is the very title that Jesus so often used to describe himself. In other words, he is both fully man and fully God. And Christ the King is presented to the Ancient of Days. And to him, it says, was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Glorious. Wonderful almost beyond our imagination. So how do you feel when we begin to describe God in this way? Some among us may long for the moment. We may call out, as we have seen too much terror in the world, come Lord Jesus, come soon, come now. Others among us might prefer to move to other passages of Scripture. They might complain, this just isn't my image of God. My God is a God of grace, of love. He is one that helps me in times of troubles. Jesus is my friend. True enough. Although this image of God that we see in Daniel is consistent and continuous 
from Genesis to the Revelation. Today is Christ the King Sunday. The last Sunday, the the period or perhaps the exclamation point to the end of the church year. What does the reign of Christ mean as we look at the horrendous images in France and Syria and Iraq and in Afghanistan? It means comfort, O comfort, servants of the King. Because there is a King and He is coming in the clouds and His will will be done. Last week I was talking to a brother and, and he said, you know, I have a hard time understanding. I have a hard time understanding that, that Jesus Christ defeated Satan at the cross and yet Satan seems to run rampant. Why is this happening? How much longer before he returns? We are not the first to ask. Revelation 6, 9 says, When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? How long, O Lord, will you allow madmen to destroy towers where thousands die. How long, O Lord, will you allow evil to kill innocence? And the response of the scriptures, and there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until their number was complete. Or as 2 Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I do not believe it is even possible to know the time and date of Christ the King's return. The scripture said that Jesus himself did not know the time, but the message in Daniel is this, that we can take comfort because the king is on his throne and his judgment is righteous and inevitable. We cannot know the reason he tarries. Isaiah 55 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet the, the book of judgment is being written and will be opened, and all will know and all will be judged. We are certainly not the first to ask, and likely not the last. How long and why? But in such moments when madmen, when evil attempts to strike terror, we lift our eyes to the vision of Daniel and remember God is on his throne and we are his and he is ours. And while we are still waiting, we long for the day and we serve the king and his kingdom. We serve fearlessly. We serve passionately for the day is coming. Why is the reign of Christ Sunday so important? Does not answer the question for me, is God on his throne? No, that was never in question. It does not answer the question, when will evil be judged and a new final kingdom be ushered in? No, that is as certain and as evitable as a flowing river of fiery lava. I think the most important question for us on this last Sunday of the church year is this. Does Jesus Christ reign in my life, 
in every part of my life? You see, that's a much more difficult question, isn't it? Certainly, we would rather consider the evil men on the other side of the world and take comfort in their ultimate judgment. We should take comfort in the righteous judgment of the king, but perhaps not savor it. And certainly not group all those who are different from us into the group of terror. In fact, it is easier to work ourselves into a rage about them rather than answer the question. Don't get me wrong, there is a place for righteous anger, but truly the central question of the day is this, does Christ Jesus reign in your life, in your thoughts, in your tongue, in your checkbook, in your temper, in your passions, in your service? In every part of your life, does this Jesus, who is escorted into the throne room to receive coronation, is he sovereign? Because you see, we can't have it both ways. We can't want a God of fire and judgment for them, but when it is about us, we want him to simply be our friend. It doesn't really matter what we want. God is, and he does not change. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Sharper than a two-edged sword, not only for them, but also for us. So, does Christ reign? If you're like me, you are perhaps already thinking about an area in your life that the light and love of Jesus needs to cleanse. Can you imagine yourself in the myriad of myriads surrounding the throne of God? Can you imagine the day when the, the, the moment when the book of judgment is open for all to see? Are you thinking about certain pages that you would prefer to skip over? What a tremendous moment to rewrite that page on this Christ the King Sunday to say, my Lord and my King, I ask you to be sovereign over this part, over every part of my life. You are my King, and I am your servant. Revelations 1 4 begins this way, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Grace and peace to you. That's rather an audacious introduction to a letter written to people who were terrorized and persecuted and some being killed in the first century for their faith. How is it possible that you can see say peace to all of those who lived with such terror. Here is how. Grace and peace from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests 
to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. Grace and peace unto you because God is on his throne. Grace and peace because righteous judgment will occur. Grace and peace because this same Jesus is coming and bringing peace to all who call him king. Would you pray with me? Come, Lord Jesus. By the power of your Spirit, we are sealed, and we know that we are yours. Come, Lord Jesus, and draw to our attention those ways that are displeasing to you. Come, Lord Jesus, and be our sovereign over every part of our life. We pray for a world that is hurting and broken. Help us be faithful light bearers. We pray for a community that does not know the God who sits on his throne. Help us to be faithful with the good news. We pray for one another, knowing that you are our sovereign, our Lord, our King. Help us to submit every part of our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen.